welcome to Scaling the Summit, Radio Gold Style. Your host, Charity Bryan and Sandra K. Sims. I am your technical director, Ginger Aaron Brush. Let's get started. Welcome to another exciting episode of Scaling the Summit. We are Radio Gold. I'm Charity Bryan and my co-host is Sandra Sims. Buddy, how are you today? What is going on in the Magic City? It is beautiful here. I just am excited to be on the show and it's a great day. Well, buddy, we are, you know, normally we do a weather review. It's beautiful here in Hammond, America as well. Uh, But buddy, I want to get right to it because man, what a show we have today. And I am so pumped. I know you are too. We are in for a real treat. Uh, And, you know, we have a great uh, guest and ambassador here on the campus of Southeastern Louisiana University today. Buddy, you know, normally I'm in my office, but I'm over here today at the uh, Center for Faculty Excellence in the recording studio. And there's another great connection between our guests today and Southeastern. I am absolutely thrilled to welcome Didi Bro, the recently retired coach of LSU Gymnastics. Didi, welcome to Radio Gold. How are you? Uh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. We've talked about this for a long time and it's here today. We have, and it's, it's been a great day already. And buddy, as always, I'm going to introduce Didi. So, I mean, you take a break because her Vita is about seven pages long and it is all very, very impressive. So Didi retired in 2020 after 43 years as the head coach of the LSU gymnastics team. Uh, She was an excellent athlete in her own right, nationally ranked gymnast by both the AAU and the USGF. She was also a junior Olympic national champion. Didi qualified as one of the top 15 athletes in the country to compete at the World Games trials and was set to compete at the 1972 Olympic trials before a career-ending knee injury forced her to retire. She's a native of Donaldsonville, Louisiana, and attended Southeastern Louisiana University, Lion Up, where she competed for the Lady Lions gymnastics team for two seasons and helped Southeastern to a second place finish at the 1972 AIAW championships. Didi Bro then served as an assistant coach for the Lady Lions for three seasons, transferred to LSU in 1976, where she earned both her bachelor's and master's degree degrees. Didi is one of eight children and comes from a great family who all supported LSU gymnastics since Didi's arrival at the program. So buddy, I'm going to tell you, while at LSU, this is an impressive list. Didi Bro led her teams to eight NCAA championship finals appearances, 35 consecutive NCAA regional appearances, 30 NCAA championship appearances, 15 individual national titles, 19 regional titles, one NCAA Woman of the Year finalist, 260 All-America honors, 22 SEC champions and 44 SEC titles, 89 All-SEC honors, 150 Scholastic All-Americans, seven SEC Gymnast of the Year, and six SEC championships. She's been named SEC Coach of the Year on nine occasions, the NCAA Central Regional Coach of the Year nine times, and in the summer of 2009, Dee Dee Rowe received one of the highest honors as she was voted into the USA Gymnastics Region 8 Hall of Fame. Dee Dee was recognized as the National Gymnastics Coach of the Year in 2014 and again in 2017. She's an active member of the community, chairperson of the YWCA's Pink Ribbon Campaign for Breast Cancer, and her teams have volunteered their time to benefit the Muscular Dystrophy Association, 
St. Jude's Hospital, and the Alzheimer's Association, among others. Coach Burrow has two daughters, Jewel and Sarah. Jewel served as a volunteer coach for gymnastics for several years, and Sarah played soccer at LSU and earned her degree in May 20, uh, 2009. Buddy, I, I got to take a break. I'm exhausted. That I mean, really, I'm tired. I am amazed. This list, oh my gosh, what an honor it is for me to be able to sit here. And I will say, go LSU Tigers. You know, this is the year of the Tigers. So this, right. is, this, is, this is it. Um, you know, you, uh, Charity was sharing that you attended uh, Southeastern Louisiana as undergrad because LSU really didn't have a gymnastics program at that time. And when you were at Southeastern, you were ranked at the top 15 gymnasts in the country. Now, that's already amazing. I mean, I know you've already, with this huge list of everything, this, that's amazing. And I, I'm supposed to say line up, I think, at some point. Very good, that's, buddy. That's the cry. Um, but you led the lines to a runner-up finish at Nationals. Can you tell me, or tell our listeners, and I'll be, I'm going to be excited to hear this too, about your time at uh, Southeastern and that transition that you had to LSU? Well, you know, the gymnastics program here at Southeastern was one of the finest in the country because we had an outstanding coach here, Vanny Edwards. Um, and kids came from all over the country to be a part of the gymnastics program here at Southeastern. When I was in high school, um, I outgrew the program I was in in Baton Rouge. And in 1969, uh, Coach Edwards asked me to come and be a part of their, their college program here while I was still in high school. So because it was a club, I guess it was okay for me to do it. You know, there's no compliance person now that would ever question that. But uh, it was amazing, absolutely amazing that I was able to commute from Donaldsonville after commuting for many years to Baton Rouge. My mother would bring me to Hammond. But I also had a good friend, Wayne Harp, who uh, had a brother that was at the children's school here, the Hammond. I don't know what I can't remember what it was called, but it's a for, uh, for handicapped children. And he would come, he would bring me on a, on a Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, whatever the cycle was and visit his family, his brother. And I would go to gymnastics and then stay here for three or four days and uh, be a part of the college program, snuck in the dorms and did all that fun stuff while I was still in high school. And um, after I was here for two years, I hurt my knee and uh, coach Edwards allowed me to start coaching with him. And it was kind of like, you don't have a choice. You're going to start coaching. And I, I really thought I was be a physical therapist, but what, what I ended up doing was transferring. And I think it was 1974. I transferred to LSU to get my master, my degree, my, you know, my undergraduate degree from LSU. And, um, I just saw the value of having my degree from the flagship university. Cause I wanted to get a master's I was running a break program for gymnastics. And I got a phone call and I learned today from Kathy Hill that Kathy and her husband, Ernie, who I absolutely adored, they facilitated my first years at LSU and the, the help that they gave me was insurmountable, but they were very instrumental in helping me secure that job and went through the interview process and they were inter interceding with the athletic director, Carl Maddox at the time. And so I was in graduate school and I continued my graduate work and became the head coach, graduate student for the first uh team it had been a varsity club and when they hired me it became a team at LSU but my my years at Southeastern were amazing I absolutely loved it and you know we were within commuting distance so when I came here as a student actually enrolled and took classes it wasn't unusual for three or four of the gymnasts to come home with me and do that mom would do their laundry and you know cook and it was just a, a 
fabulous experience and great camaraderie, but these are kids from all over the country that were coming here just to do gymnastics. Okay. I need to recap this. You attended college while you were still in high school. So you could, I didn't you go to class. I, I just no, sorry, hung I'm around. Sorry. But you were there with, and you were at training you were with the college training. kids. Yeah. And, and then you became a coach before you went yeah, to college. I was, okay. I was like I'm a student say, assistant. I, I am blown away. This is, you have, you've, you've set the bar incredibly high. What? Oh my goodness. Okay. You need to know Charity and I are big friends and she has talked to me over and over about this presentation that you made to Layford. And she went on about your presentation at, that you did at the general session. I did. And I, think I went on and I, on. You did. And you on. did. I mean, but yeah. she, it, she just said, you're not going to believe this. It was great. Well, that's so nice to hear. And let me tell you something, uh, Sandra, I do a lot of public speaking. And when Kathy asked me, Kathy Hill asked me to do this to the for the convention, the HPRED convention, I was I was honored and it got delayed a year because of COVID. But um, I labor over speaking engagements. I, I really pour myself into them, do, do a lot of work to, to make them flow. And this one I, was the first time I did this particular presentation, but it was about the Black Curtain bringing down the black curtain, which represented a whole lot of things to me at LSU. But when I first started coaching, we were in the field house and we'd compete maybe in front of 200 people, mostly my family and the family of the kids on the team. But after a couple of years, we moved into the PMAC to compete where our basketball team and now gymnastics and volleyball compete. But they put up a big curtain and it was actually a purple curtain, but I remember it being black that cut the place in half so all I could focus on was the half of the arena that wasn't being used and the seats that were empty. So that that's kind of been my um, my journey. It's amazing. So your your mantra is everything counts. And I believe that that was part of this process. Right. I, I did. I did not hear the part. I, I would definitely love to hear that thing, your whole story, because I, I would love to have sat in on that meeting. But I, I'm interested that everything counts. How has that shaped who you are? And where you've been, well, you've, you know, the I, process that you go through. You know, Skip Bertman is a is a mentor of mine, and he and he used to say that. You know, Didi, remember everything counts, and and then so that's become ingrained in me, and and I started using that as part of my my coaching uh, stick. You know, everything counts. How you dress when you go to class, how you approach your teacher, how you approach your homework, how you approach your planning, how you approach your attitude, how you approach every aspect of what you do is going to make you a better person moving forward day to day. So I get, I was given this everything, everything counts speech one time. And I got a book in the mail. It was to an alumni group. And I get a book in the mail a week or so later. And it's everything counts by Gary Ryan Blair. And I, I had no idea that there was a book skip my known about the book, but I didn't know about the book. So I'd been speaking all along about this incredible mantra that you could build so much of your life on. And um, so that's basically, you know, what I live by and what I tell my kids. And the most important part of everything I do is enthusiasm. You know, nothing great has ever been achieved without enthusiasm. And if you're not excited about what you're doing, the people around you are not going to be excited about what you're doing. So that's kind of the thing that I bring to the table. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and say, you still have that coach in you. I'm fired up over here. And I will <laughs> tell you that I, I'm going to share with you, I happen to be watching uh, gymnastics on TV not too long ago when LSU. Did you see Auburn. when LSU, did you see I, when I, LSU beat Auburn? Yes, ma'am. Did I'm, you see I'm when really, LSU I'm beat really, Alabama? Okay. Did you yes, see that? I, 
Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and tell you. Okay, I want you to know that I did see that, and and clearly, uh, but I saw you on TV, and I said, we're about ready to interview you, and so I. But what I guess I'm seeing, I saw the heart of a coach that that's still pumping. I saw you over there giving. You were telling the scores. That the, the judges to give 10. You saw who was sitting with me? Yes, ma'am, I did. And you were trying to explain <laughs> gymnastics to her. I, I yeah. believe that you were she, trying to share she with didn't, her. She didn't want to know about the deduction. What okay. she wanted to know was why did that happen? Why okay. did she over-rotate? Why? And I'm trying to explain to her oh, the wow. angle coming out of a round off and you know, all the details. You know, it's like, why did why did she miss the foul shot? All right, well, so let's tell our listeners, who were you sitting next to? Oh, I was, case, I was I, sitting. Okay, sorry, know. we know. Nope. I was sitting next to Kim Mulkey, who is a, is a friend. And um, I just really, I go to all of her games. I'm actually going to go to the Southeastern Conference Championships in Nashville next week. I'm the trailblazer uh, for LSU. Each university in the conference has a trailblazer that is going to represent the university in some, some meetings and some celebrations celebrating Title IX. And so, yeah. And, you know, and I also think it's very interesting, Sarah Patterson, who was the great coach at Alabama for all those years, she and I are good friends and she is a trailblazer for Alabama. So we are really looking forward to being there and not competing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, I wanted you to know that that was, uh, it was neat to be able to watch you coaching another coach, a a little bit about gymnastics during that. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you just by listening to you, you that fire is still there and you have still got it yeah I can, I, i'm ready to run Thank through you. this camera right now come on hey buddy i just want to bring this uh full circle real quick with coaching so um Didi, i know you've not met sandra in person she was a uh, an all-american volleyball player at the university of montevallo uh, where's in, montevallo in the great state of alabama i'm, I'm sure lsu <laughs> gymnastics beat them too um <laughs> And so, buddy, you know, our listeners who uh, can't see us, which today is a really good thing, because I got to tell you, we are on a giant screen. And buddy, the only reason we do a podcast is because we have a face for radio. And I got to tell you, this giant, this giant HD screen is, it's not good. good. No, you look good. I like the trophies. What are the trophies Uh, are behind you? You've got some great stuff going on. This is my student. uh, I'm at uh, the UAB office. That's some state things that my students uh, earned here. Always competitive, always. Yeah, always. Y'all yeah. are the dragons, right? The uh, dragons? Yes, well, we're called blazers, but blazers. it is a dragon. It is dragon. a dragon. Yeah, Thank we you. had our nationals there um, back in, I don't know, 90-something. I can't remember, but it was a great event. The seat's like 5,000 in the arena, so it was packed. I have a, I have a picture of it, and it was just totally packed. I think Alabama won that meet, actually, so – just to throw you a bone, Sandra. <laughs> no, I, I, the Alabama is not the part that I'm really interested in. That's, well, your that, friend that, here that, has an yeah, A she, on the front of her listen, car. So what is that? Can, can yeah. you please talk to her? If right. you get that off of it, it'd be great. It's welded on the front. I can't get rid of it. <laughs> I get, all, but, get it off. But, buddy, I wanted to bring this full circle for our listeners. So, you know, we got Kathy Hill here in the, uh, in the audience today, the, uh, the gold prize meatball lady. Uh, is with us. And hey, buddy, I got a a text recently from our friend and former guest on the show, Carol Chestnut, who sent me a picture from our 1997 uh, Simmons Middle School eighth grade basketball team that never lost a game. And Carol's comment in the text was, 
you're still undefeated in your coaching career. So I just really have to believe wow. we have some legends here today, right? Yeah. I'm yeah. undefeated uh, at the eighth grade basketball level, but a year uh, in all America. No, I'm not undefeated. You know, well, you know, I'm not going to talk about the losses. And I don't know how many there were, but I did have over 800 wins. Yeah. So yeah, we're not going to focus on the no, negative. Let's no, just focus let's on the go. positive. I love that enthusiasm. <laughs> Bring it. All right, Coach Bro. So I want to know, we've had a, a really wonderful chance today to talk and it's really been fabulous buddy I wish you could have been here with us all day but you know in your career at LSU you have had the chance to work with some really incredible leaders yeah Skip Bertman you were there when uh, Nick Saban was the coach of football you you've had I think you said today at lunch eight you were eight or nine athletic directors Mm -hmm. and I know that you just said coach Bertman has been a, a real mentor to you what would you say over those 43 years in Baton Rouge that you have learned from your colleagues that that has really kind of made an impact on you as a leader and a coach. Well, Skip had a, a, a sign in his office, and it, it was always welcome. He was he always was a mentor, and uh, we were going through some pretty rough times with with the athletic director. And whenever I went to Skip and and kind of like unloaded on him, and you know, Skip, they won't let me do this, and I can't have money for that. But and he'll say, "Don't worry about it. I'll pay for it out of out of our out of our Booster Club Foundation, and we'll we'll take care of that." But but the sign he he lived helping and doing, and he had a sign on the in in the wall, and it said, "Anything that you vividly imagine, ardently desire, sincerely believe, absolutely must." must come to pass. And that has stayed with me through, through all these years. And then, you know, in comes Nick Saban. And, you know, I always say, you know, what about Nick Saban? How about Nick Saban? He had blinders on. He was such a, uh, a one dimensional, you know, football, 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 and don't take this wrong, but he was like, a pig at the trough. I mean, he wanted it all. He wanted it all. And he just, he, he worked that mantra. He worked everything. But the thing that he said all the time was you have to remove the clutter, remove the clutter, only focus on those things that you can control. Truer words have never been spoken. And and I think with that, my, my life as, as a coach and a, a marketing person, the promoter of the program and carrying, the, carrying the load, the giveaway, the tickets and everything, that took real meaning to me because there were things that I couldn't control that I was fighting, I was fighting constantly. And you're not going to, you're not going to change that. You're not going to fix that. So move on, move on. And so those kinds of people, the advice that they gave um, was absolutely, was absolutely priceless, you know, and, and of course they set the example, they won championships. They did everything. They walked the walk and talked the talk. Hey, Didi, I want to ask a quick follow-up before we move on. So, Coach Bertman, you said would pay for things out of his booster funds. Right. What is it that you think about either women's athletics or maybe gym, the gymnastics program that made him want? I've never, I don't know that I've ever heard of a coach going, no, no, we'll don't worry about that. it. We'll do yeah. that. Well, I think he was, what one thing he was doing, he was kind of taking some of the pressure off of me because it was, I was, I was like a pressure cooker and I was going to explode and I would explode, but he's like, don't worry about that. You know, if you, you believe in your program, you do this, you do what I tell you to do. You do what I do. I wear my baseball Jersey and I go to rotary meetings, join the rotary. I join the rotary. You know, I mean, everything, everything he told me to do, I did. And, you know, you have to remember that during this period of time, Alabama, Florida, and Georgia were building up their programs. They were adding assistant coaches, building new facilities. 
this guy that I had, he was taking things away. I, I had student assistance. I didn't have full-time help. There was no marketing. No, everything fell on me. And Skip saw that. And I think he was just trying to take some of the pressure off of me so that I could focus on coaching. You know, this is amazing. And I think what a lot of our listeners may not understand is the process of where, where you were, particularly in that very beginning stages like AIAW. I mean, yeah. I, I am incredibly passionate about AIAW because I was an athlete during that time and how it was so important to women's athletics and, and the, the part it played in our process. I think, um, you know, looking at where we have come and we're going to be celebrating 50 years. Can you believe it? We are now celebrating it this year. And as we are looking at that and, as, and we start looking at where we've come and my goodness, LSU's come a long way. Well, what you, what you laid down. I mean, but yeah, that was we an have amazing path. Yeah, we have. But you look at look at people like Donna Lopiano, Sanja Hogue, uh, Liz Green. I mean, uh, Pat Newman at LSU. I mean, she lost her job supporting women's athletics. I mean, she right. she paid the ultimate price. But there are so many people, and you know, so many. And I'm naming the women now. Let's talk about the Bill Bankheads, the Ernie Hills, the the people that supported women's right. athletics because they believed in us and they knew it was the right thing to do. Also, remember that a lot of these guys that were helping us had daughters, and they wanted to see this thing happen. But that AIW era and all those things, the Joan Cronins and all of those people that 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 held it, held that mantra, held everybody's feet to the fire and made it happen. 50 years later, we're still fighting some battles. So, you know, let's hope the next 50 years are easier than these last 50 years. But we have come such a long way. And I think that that's what I hope the younger generation, the Avery's, the different people that come that are coming behind that they don't lose sight of the, I don't know, the battlefield that was put, that was really fought by men and women who really oh, yeah. laid out an incredible history. Because I was in that group that where we drove, you know, little vans and we would say, and we, we didn't have all the fanfare that's have today. And I, right. I don't, re, I don't regret anything. I love the path that I was on, but I'm just saying what you fought for. And I, I one of the things that charity has on this sheet was, that you had to convince somebody for every single thing, which is what you said earlier. You had right. to convince for every, it, it was like, almost like begging and these people, but you fought through and you never quit. And yeah. I think sometimes some people kind of would rather, I don't know, maybe if I say a no enough, she'll say no, no. Uh, or she'll go away. But no, if you, if you get you enough did. no's, you, you, you can't, you can't stop. If, if you get one no, you get another no, you get, then go at a different angle, go with a different, go with a different story, go with a different sword, go with a different what a hat, do do whatever you got to do, but never take the first no, if you know that you're doing, you're doing it for the right reasons. So I'm interested, the curtain, when did it go up? I can't remember, I can, you know, I could go back and look, do a historical look through photographs, but um, it probably went up in like 19... 80 because we stayed in the field house and competed in the field house and would have to break our equipment down and and anytime the track team was competing in there a football came in it was their indoor so it was a, a lot of, of of juggling and you know I asked her earlier I said well this is where your basketball teams practice she goes yeah well volleyball's in here too and sometimes track comes in here 
that was that was that's like mind boggling because at LSU, everybody has their own facility, their own space. And we're not you know, they try not to overlap. But our basketball teams clash because they both want to be on the court at the same time. And the volleyball team gets it to a certain time. They want to be on their comp- competition floor. Well, gymnastics competes in there, too. And we never asked to be on the competition floor. And, you know, that would be a tremendous advantage for us. We do it one time and call it our 101 um, and we do it in December. And we don't compete again until January. So, you know, the, the growing pains and, you know, the, the process of bringing down that black curtain, you know, I, I, I talk about you have to know how to make lemonade when you have lemons and you have to be able to make a garden when all you have are weeds. Well, that curtain was my lemons and it was my weeds and it was my pennies. To, to, I needed a fortune. So, you know, that black curtain stayed up for a long time. And, you know, we feel, started filling the seats and filling the seats and we need to bring the bring the curtain down, bring it down. Cause we got to, we've got to move forward. We've got to grow. And like I said, Alabama and Florida and Georgia were growing their programs. And it was, we had to keep up with them, even though, even though sometimes the administration, that wasn't their motivation. Their motivation was you just survive and, you know, you have 12 athletes on your team. So we can count that in that title nine count and just go be quiet. And you can't, you can't be successful. You can't, grow a program, just go be quiet. Well, I'm going to say thank you. Thank you for the people that are blooming in the LSU now, but across the country, just everything that you've done and you fought the good fight to yeah. really lay down an incredible women's sport program. But thank you for continuing to be an ambassador. For thank women. you. Thank you. Hey, buddy, I really love how we, uh, not purposefully, we've really had a lot of full circle today. So, uh, you know, coach just mentioned our friend, Joan Cronin, yes. who's also been on the show and, uh, is a great friend and she's uh, a trailblazer. She'll be at the women's oh, basketball. Oh, yeah. Send me a selfie. Would you? <laughs> okay. Golly. You know what? Maybe I'll just show up. Come on. Buddy, maybe I'll just go. I think, I, I think you are. Can, can there be volunteer trailblazers? Uh, I, I'll carry <laughs> luggage. I'm, I'm very strong. I, I'm used to carrying heavy things. Um, and you know, we've talked so much today, uh, about, becoming relevant and where we've come from and how far it's a great come, word but but we still have a ways to go and I think when you look at the evolution of LSU gymnastics relevance not even the, the right word they are at the forefront and and it is I'm gonna just go ahead and say it is all because of you and it is absolutely awe-inspiring and Buddy, I think, you know, you said you're ready to, to run through the camera and I am uh, there. I'm sitting here live. And let me tell you, if you were right here, you, you'd have the energy. To but you know, the, the most ah. important part of that, that journey to, to where the program is now was the village. It takes a village and yeah. the village that, that, that we were able to put together. And I had assistant coaches, Bob Moore, longtime assistant coach from Birmingham, actually. And, um, and, and Jay Clark. You know, they walked a lot of this walk the last 20 years with me and it was a village and we got to where every week we were sitting down at, at the table with our village planning and executing and, and knowing where we were going and the direction we were going in. No one was going to stop us. So, you know, once once you get to that where you've got a group of people that work together and it's you're a team. And team is total effort, all members. And when you when you start to live like that and believe that, your program will be successful. But I think you have to have a you have to have the the passion, and that passion then just it comes off of you. So well done. And I usually cry once during all of our podcasts. So I want to go ahead and tell you yeah. when you go just ahead. said the village. I'm go sorry, ahead. but the village was 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 
that's critical was all the people you had to bring on that that's right that helped you along the way so again well done great journey and i see that you're still on that journey so i love it keep it up i'm about ready to run through this tv right <laughs> hey and buddy i know one of those uh members of the the village was our other good friend very dear friend jenny peters who's also yeah, been yes. on the show and yes. um coach i reached out to jenny and said hey you got any good coach uh dd bro stories for me and uh, you know, what she relayed was going to the Winn-Dixie in Baton Rouge and handing out free tickets as a way to try to get people right. in the stands. And, you know, I know that evolution from where the program started to beyond relevant today, you know, included along the way, a decision to not charge admission for minor sports and the black curtain. And, but you slowly moved over time to sell out crowds, standing room only, scalping tickets in front of the PMAC, the Pete Maravich Assembly Center yep. at a January match, uh, having seven to 10,000 season ticket holders. I mean, it's truly, truly amazing. So I would love to hear what advice you might have for a current coach. And I know you do a lot of mentoring in your role as an ambassador with LSU Athletics. What advice do you give to current coaches who may look at their program and go, oh my gosh, we have a long way to go. How am I ever going to do this? Well, you have to stay focused. You have to have to, and you have to care because once you care about something, you, you give it meaning. And if something has meaning, then you're going to be passionate about it. And once those things begin to happen, but being willing to give up your, your personal time, your private time. And, you know, my daughters came with me to, to, to do this. Some of the student athletes would come with me to give out tickets at the Winn-Dixie or to, to be a part of any kind of festival, anything that went on students at LSU. If you, if you go to your students, I'd sit with them at basketball games. I would, I would go to the student union and give out Chick-fil-A's until my hand, I couldn't give out anymore. But you have to go to them if they're going to come to you. Just can't sit in your office and be a wisher. You have to be a doer, you know. And so if you if you wish for something, then you have to have action to make it happen. Um, but you know, to 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 give advice to somebody is you got to surround yourself with like minded people. That's if it's a good thing. If it's if you're good like minded, you don't want to you don't want to surround yourself with people like you if you're not willing to do the work. You've got to you know to have a staff that's really not all on the same page, not all working on the same gear level, you're not going to be successful. You've got to really, really be willing to hustle and do anything you can possibly do to make your program relevant. Once that happens, people are going to start to come, but you have to win. You have to do well and win in your bracket of wherever you are um, at, at your level of competition. The, the other thing that I think is critically important is, you know, when LSU started this tearing thing and said, well, we don't want to charge for this anymore. We don't want to charge for that anymore. And we're not going to charge for gymnastics anymore. We're not going to charge for women's basketball. Sue Gunner and I went berserk. Well, I'm, I'm not going to be a part of this tearing thing. If you're charging for men's basketball, you're going to charge for women's basketball and you're going to charge for gymnastics. But I'm not going to be a part of tearing these other if, if they're if they're going to be a part of that, that. That we're not doing that. And so they let they let me fight and win on that, and which was a, a great thing because we would not be where we are today if I'd have had to fight that battle. Now we're going to start charging again. So, you know, we're, we're about to cross that bridge right now with some of our, some of our sports at LSU. And I am really excited to get on board with them and, and be a part of that process because 
we've got some great products out there. Our, our soccer program is amazing. So is the one here at Southeastern. I mean, I was blown away with what, what y'all do for your soccer athletes and their events and how you host it in, in Strawberry Stadium. And it's just amazing. So, I mean, that that's got to be a part of the growth and the growing process. And, you know, we've got a new volleyball coach at LSU, Tanya, that I'm so excited about. She played on our final four teams and um, Tanya's going to do a, do a fabulous job. Hopefully we're going to start charging again and, and get that thing off the ground and, and really going. Cause Fran's done, spent her life developing athletes and, and doing everything she can to build the program. So we're going to work really hard and right now to bring those two programs where they need to be. Hey, Coach, I'm gonna I'm gonna just go out on the limb and. We'll do a commercial. Yeah, let's do. It. <laughs> buddy, buddy, we need a commercial. That we do. That'll be uh, a new one. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna go out on a limb and guess that uh, Sue Gunner also won the battle to retain the ticket. Yeah. Ticket. Yeah. Ticket yeah. admission. She yeah. did. She I, did. I, I would not put anybody up against Sue. No, and and or you. you know, Sue Sue didn't do the ticket giveaway thing. She didn't do those those things that I did. But, you know, they would do a, a, a flash, like pack the PMAC and fill kids on school buses and bring them. And that would elevate their attendance numbers for the year. So we'd be good enough to, you know, host a regional and stuff. But right now, Kim Mulkey, you know, we had maybe 25 season tickets in women's basketball. It had really, really gone down. And uh, we had a we had a sellout. We had a sellout. On Sunday afternoon. Yeah. So, you know, you've got to be willing to do the work. You've got to be willing to get your product out there and, and be bold about what you're doing and what you're saying. And um, I mean, where else can you fill the PMAC on a Friday night for gymnastics, fill Alex box three days in a row and sell out for women's basketball. I don't think anybody else has done that. And LSU did that this weekend. That doesn't happen by accident. Right. It happens because people are committed to their programs and they're working hard. And I think that that's tough that we still see, like I said, 50 years into Title IX, and we're still fighting some of these battles that we've talked about on our show uh, with different yeah. guests. But I think that it's interesting that we still, I'm just proud that we're still fighting. And I think that that's, that's what's important to me, is that we haven't yeah. given up. And well, I'm, the, I'm, the fighting, Sandra, the fighting now has has a, a different pr additional prong to it. We never mm -hmm. thought about the the domestic violence and, and those issues that now are in that Title IX prong right. that were never addressed. It was just kind of quiet and, and under the rug and right. people got away with it. Well, now people are being called to task yeah. and you do it right. Do what you're doing, but do it right and besides all the equality over here, you got to be equal and right. That's right. Well, it's a powerful. This is, again, I love to hear success stories and to, to see um, the journey of so many people. So, again, I can say go Tigers. I know that charity. Did you may choke have on that? Were you okay no, with that? Because no, I, just, I, I just gave the Dragons. Absolutely. The, it's a big I shout did. out. I, you Dragons, did. No, Lions, I, Tigers. I, I, need, I need you to know I love Purple Go because Purple Go was my Montevallo colors. But I'm oh. going to tell you, I can say go LSU. I, I have a hard time. I have a hard time with that that uh, the university down the street. But I am going to go ahead and shift gears here. Okay. We love mothers on our show. There's we have we have a I don't know. We we talk about moms. And it seems to always come up in all of our guests is that there usually is somebody that was strong behind these people that are that are legends that are that are that we're having to get a chance to speak to. And I'm, I'm I know that I'm sure to share that your sweet mom 
passed away a few years back and but at a very nice age of 89 yeah what a what a, what a gift but she was the one that you talked about earlier in the show that drove you to gymnastics practice four times a week uh which i know how long was that was a long ride wasn't it that was a very long ride it was pre-interstate pre-bridge we had to cross the ferry to go to baton rouge and come in here we you know we'd have to, we'd cross the sunshine bridge we had the sunshine bridge we crossed sunshine bridge to come here and you know go through uh port vincent and all those little towns santa and all those little towns to 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 get here but um yeah they really paid a price they, my parents paid a price my brothers and sisters all paid a price because mama wasn't there a lot when she you know after school she okay let's go we you know we got to go to baton rouge oh let's go we got to go to hammond but um it, it was it was really a journey that um I've, I've never stopped thanking and, and and publicly saying i could not have done it without the support of my parents and, and my my siblings and, you know my mother not only did she drive me she, i used to have these really flat and i still have them flashy outfits you know people talk about the the bling that you know Kim has well I had you know all the bling and when I first started my mother made my clothes for me she made my jacket she made everything that I wore because you, you couldn't find purple and gold glitzy stuff in the stores so how'd your mom influence your career mom was I mean, a mom we know, she, we know she drove you and got you started but how did she get how did she help you during those besides making you look really nice well she did I mean that's what she did she 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 took care of the family I mean it was she was the general you know and you're talking back then she made a gallon of milk into two gallons because she mixed it with powdered milk and we didn't know she was doing it you know <laughs> it's like oh mom this milk's really good well we started drinking real milk and it was like wait a second <laughs> we are drinking skim milk here <laughs> but you know it's make making it happen making making it happen so you're you're a mother of two daughters. Now, I'm going to be right. truthful. This is amazing for me to, to watch people that are so successful and how you balance this uh, amazing life of being able to be so successful in your job position or your teaching position, coaching position, and be a great mom. I, I can't imagine how tough that, that is in the process. So how did you balance all the things that you have to do with motherhood? Well, at first, both of my daughters... Uh, were in gymnastics and I ran an after school after gym practice program to supplement my income I, because it was kind of pathetic at first. So I, I had an after school program that up until COVID, we had over 300 kids in the program and Bob Moore, my assistant, um, he and I ran it together. So, you know, that was a real supplemental part, but my two children were in that program until Sarah decided she, my youngest one wanted to play soccer. So not only was I coaching gymnastics and taking care of this program, I was getting in the car and driving her to different locations for soccer practice. And you just, you do what you have to do. And my oldest daughter was a dancer and just, just didn't, decided she didn't want to do that. She just wanted to kind of be a manager for the gymnastics team. So she hung around the gymnastics team and uh, eventually got her degree and now owns a real estate company in Baton Rouge. And uh, my youngest daughter works uh, for finance, assurance finance, and um, is a loan officer. So they, they both are very successful at what they do. But, um, you know, I look at, I look at the, the coaches we have at LSU, Karen Bonson retired a couple of years ago. She had two small children. She had, she had her children while she was coaching. I had my children while I was coaching. Beth Torino, our softball coach, has three young kids like that, and they're all under the age of like seven. So she, you know, here, here she is, get, you know, getting the job done. Our, our um, tennis coach, 
she has two lovely daughters and, you know, she's had both of these children, Julia, both of these children while she was, you know, as she is the tennis coach, um, I, our Sean Hudson, our, our soccer coach has two lovely children and she's doing this while she's traveling internationally and nationally to recruit. So it's just what we do. But, you know, I think that if, if one guy, one man had a baby, be the last baby ever born. <laughs> I was going to say, I think this is more about power of women. Can I just say, women can handle things. We we have now realized that those answer. Women know how to get it done. Because it was hard. It was hard. You know, you come home, you got to cook dinner and all you have are leftovers. So you make a gourmet meal. You you do what you have to do. You got lemons, you make lemonade. That's what women do. Oh, I'm worn out. I'm just going to say, I don't know how you've been. Okay. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Had a village. I had a village. (laughs) I can tell. You said that. Thank you. I love it. (laughs) It clearly takes a village. So Didi, I'm going to shift gears a little bit as well. And um, you know, if, if my math is correct, I told you earlier, I was, I was not a math major, uh, but your retirement was, was during the pandemic. Is that, Mm -hmm. is that right? So, you know, it's been a tough two years. We've talked to a lot of, a lot of folks, a lot of guests over uh, the two years of this show, which was actually also born out of the pandemic as a way to try to keep our village together. Oh, good. Okay. And, you know, I'm thinking back to last summer with, uh, you know, Simone Biles withdrew from Olympic competition, uh, citing, you know, mental health issues and needing to, to, to take care of herself. And I'm just curious because it's, I think the pandemic has really brought this to the forefront, not that mental health issues weren't already in existence, but I think we've really, especially on college campuses, we have really, really seen uh, a, a real shift, and, and certainly our student athletes are part of that. In your current role now, so you're not a coach, but you're around athletes all the time. You, you're an ambassador. You still work on behalf of LSU Athletics. What do you see that colleges and universities can do to support our student athletes uh, for their overall health and well-being, and certainly their mental health, in what is still a very challenging time. I mean, just because we don't have a mask mandate on our campuses right now, doesn't mean that all of this has just gone away. Well, I don't think it's gonna go away. I think it's gonna stay for, for a long time and until it plays itself out and we can have a vaccine every year, just like our flu vaccine and move forward. But um, you know, it's, it's not just having one counselor for your, for your athletes, but it's about having counselors and, and psychiatrist and people that are really qualified to talk to these people and talk to these these children some of them are 17 years old but talk to these young people and move them forward holding their hand moving them forward through the through whatever rat hole they find themselves in and get them out on the other side but we also have to focus on our on our campus our, our student population on our campus and those kids need an outlet you know and I'm seeing more students come to our events now than before because they're so hungry to be out and be a part of something that's bigger than themselves. That whole freshman class last year didn't go to class, didn't go to events, didn't participate. I just don't know how they even survived. And a lot of the a lot of the bars were closed, a lot of the restaurants were closed. They 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 couldn't they couldn't participate because things were closed. But I think the campuses and our communities having counselors and people in place that can listen to their problems and hold their hands and move them forward through situations. I had a a young girl that called her mom actually reached out to me. I met her at the airport um, 
like last year where I was recruiting, coming back from a recruiting trip. And I said, oh, what are y'all doing? And she, oh, we're here. She's going to be a freshman. They're from Oregon. She's going to be a freshman here at LSU. And I said, well, here's my card. You know, you, you never know. You get a phone call in the middle of the night. And you, you know, you want to call somebody that can go to the hospital for you. So she's, oh, okay. So she, she reached out to me and she said, my daughter's really, she's not happy. The curriculum she's in, it's it, supplying her with the kind of curriculum that she thought she was getting into. Can, can you check on her? Do you mind? I went, absolutely not. So it took me a little while for her to respond. She responded. She came. We had an inner squad last week. She came. She sat with me during the inner squad and they wanted me to judge. And I said, no, I'm not judging. I'm here with my friend. And so all the kids came over, introduced themselves to her and just really made her feel a part of something bigger than herself. Saw her at the gymnastics meet the other day. I saw her at the women's basketball game the other night. For all I know, she went to the baseball game. So it's somebody reaching out and, and taking notice and caring about this individual, this one person in this giant fishbowl, you know, and it's at the high school level too, you know, so you just, we have to be more keenly aware of what these kids are going through. Hey, I'm curious real quick before we move on, at what point in your 43 years did the mental health professionals really become part of the village, part of your village that, that were there to help your athletes? I think when, and it's not just gymnastics, but I think all of the, all of the coaches began to realize that kids were struggling with the social, the social media, everything that they have to deal with that we never had to deal with. And so they, they recognized that and the pressure it was putting on the coaches to, to, to monitor their diets, to monitor their weight, to, to monitor social media and what they're doing. The athletic department began to take over those things. And it took the, took the pressure, you know, the, the conditioning program, we condition, you know, we were conditioning our kids, but now we have a full-time strength guy that that's his focus. And he works on our strength and conditioning program. So it's the athletic departments realizing that it, there's a big need and filling the voids. And, you know, that's, uh, it's funny that you brought that question up, Charity, because that's exactly what I was just thinking, because I don't want to miss this moment of what the journey that coaches were on earlier, because they were the, they were the, the mental health person. They were the nutritionist. They were the sports and conditioning person. They were the bus driver, the driver. They, 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 we clean the clothes. I mean, the, the, what's happened and what's so awesome about watching women's athletics now is how, how far things have come and how many more women have assistant coaches and you have so many more assistants that we, you know, those, those are great growths that that we've seen over the Huge growth, huge growth. You know, we were talking at lunch, Kathy Hill and, you know, Kathy's been at LSU since 1971. So, I mean, they were there when, when I got, she and her husband were there when I got hired, but talked about Jinx Coleman, who was the basketball coach. When I got hired, Jinx was coaching basketball and volleyball. When they hired me, they hired a new volleyball coach as well. And so Jinx only had to coach basketball, but she was also teaching four classes in the kinesiology and HPRED. So, I mean, she was like, Wow. Really? Meanwhile, our men's basketball coach was strictly coaching. So, you know, it, 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 that leveled out, that eventually leveled out. I mean, I was teaching two aerobics classes a day in kinesiology and they, I, I was on the stage in the gym armory and which is now our academic center, the hugest theater on campus, but 
I had, I don't know, 150 kids in the class, in the aerobics class, because they knew I wasn't grading papers. I wasn't doing anything. I was just, I was just out on the stage doing exercise with them. And the kids loved it. Everybody got an A. I didn't care if you came or not, but that, that stopped because they, they, you know, title nine, you know, people, people in charge started going, wait a second, we can't have these people teaching and these people not teaching. And, and we, so that, that, that playing field began very slowly. The plane began to get a little more level. Woo, it's come a long way. Yeah. I'm, thank, I'm thankful oh, yeah. for that. All right. Well, this is a time of show that I get a chance to ask a question that I absolutely love asking every time we have uh, interviews. You know, I know I can see that so many people were, are going to use you as that inspiration person because you have that wonderful spirit um, and joy in your heart that so many people would say that you inspired them. But I'm interested, who inspired you? So who if you had to maybe just say thank you to somebody for starting your career off and helping you along the way, would you mind giving a couple of shout outs to some people? Well, I think I, I would have to, I would have to shout out. Um, I learned today, Kathy and Ernie, <laughs> I thought I got, I thought I got my job on, on my own interview merit. <laughs> but, um, I mean, there, there have been some pretty remarkable people that have, um, advocated for me and helped me. Um, like I said, my coach here, Vanny Edwards was really influential in, in the whole process, but I've, I've had some great people come through my life. Pat Newman was the coordinator of women's sports at LSU when, and she interviewed and, and ultimately uh, hired me with Carl Maddox, but it was people like Bill Bankhead who, um, I got a phone call from him one day that said, um, I got a phone call from Pat Newman and it said, she said, look, they're going to call you to come across the street. Don't you come across the street. Just hang up on them. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so sure enough, she said, they're going to, he wants to drop your sport. So just don't take the call. We got to run interference on this. I'm like, okay. So I went down the hall to see, um, Bill Bankhead, who was the director of the PMAC at the time. And I said, Bill, I just got the strangest phone call. And I reiterated the phone call to him. And he says, don't answer the phone. <laughs> and he picked up the phone and started calling people and they didn't drop the sport. Nice. So, you know, and I had to fight this battle twice in my career, you know, with two different athletic directors. So you gotta be, you gotta be willing to, you know, take a bullet. If you, if you, if you're putting bullets in your gun, if you're going to a gunfight, you better bring a gun, you know, <laughs> and I hate to say that on the radio, but you know, bring a knife. If you're going to a knife fight, bring a knife. But it was those kinds of people that the, the reason I'm here today, we had our alumni uh, on campus last uh, Friday and Bill and his wife, Marianne were there. And um, I told his wife, I said, you know, I don't know if I could tell this to Bill, but I'm going to tell you, I would not be here today. I would not have the career that I have had, had it not for him being willing to pick up that phone and make some phone calls. Ten years later, I realized he was calling people on the board of supervisors. He was calling the, the big, he was calling those oh. big people. And I learned the phone numbers of those big people. Wow. And I, I learned later in life, a, a, a woman who was on the board, Laura Leach, um, kind of took me by the hand. I have a couple of friends, Diddy Fulmer Gilbert, who's now passed away, but she introduced me to two other friends that kind of picked up the title nine battle for me and got me and Laura Leach connected. And uh, I was able to then pick up the phone and call people on the board of supervisors myself and kind of, kind of, fight a war at a different level 
I mean, why am I messing with these people when I can, I can call these people up here? And uh, that's a hard lesson for coaches to learn. I think football coaches learn that and basketball coaches certainly learn that, but other coaches don't learn that. And you have to be keenly aware of the people that are making the decisions that are, that are determining your career. And, um, they, those board peepers had, people had no idea what these athletic directors were doing. Coach, I think at lunch, you called that an uprising. Yeah, we, we <laughs> could create some uprisings. You know, I love it. Those. Yeah, and, yeah, and you blindside, you know, the athletic director that's making these decisions, you know, those were, those were reckless decisions because, you know, if they dropped the gymnastics program, then, you know, we would lose gymnastics in the state of Louisiana. So, I mean, it was, it was, it was impactful for me. And you realize that you, right. you've got some allies out there. You've got some people that are willing to, to fight for our programs. And knowing the right people. And I think that that's, you know, you said just to be an advocate, you can be an advocate. And if you're talking to the wrong group, the people right. above you can actually be the ones who cut it. So oh, that's good stuff. Yeah. So thank you for sharing. Yes. All right, Didi. Well, this is the uh, what we call the rapid fire portion of the show. It doesn't go rapid fire. We it, know it, it doesn't. It, it, it goes slow. It's not rapid. Well, okay. It's we, we tend to get off script. I'm sorry, but Just, buddy, it's worth you, it. It's you great start, radio. I know, but you always say rapid fire, and you rapid, know, yeah. never. Okay, it's okay. Okay. Well, before we do that, I'm <laughs> See, gonna, gonna go pre rapid fire. So, Didi, I have to know: Have you had Kathy Hill's spaghetti and meatballs? Oh. Buddy. Kathy, have I had your spaghetti and meatballs? I don't know. It may have been in the 80s. Where, oh, the 80s. If it was in the 80s, we weren't drinking a lot of wine then, were we? No, probably. Oh, wait. No? Okay. I would remember it then. I need yeah. to go ahead and go because our show has heard. You need to know, you have to get this. Yeah. this I've got to have her meatballs. Okay. Yes. Modern it is the meatballs. Yeah. charity has oh, raved oh, about oh this goodness. and Kathy Hill brought them to me specially delivered to Birmingham. So buddy, I, I, buddy, I got some too. It wasn't, it, it, had, it wasn't really for you. I got it was some for too. me. It was for me. She brought them all the way from Louisiana to Birmingham for me. Right. But I, I got I some love, too. Nope, nope. And I offered her 50 bucks for your bag. of. And I am so yeah. thankful that she no was go. strong enough to say no to you. She said no. I know. Thank and, you. And, yeah. And because I love Kathy Hill, I let it go. Let it go. Uh, just but let it go. Anybody else I would have tackled. <laughs> That's right. And just taken them. Okay. Didi, I can't wait for this one. Where's your favorite place to shop? Like for clothes, I am, apparel. I'm not a shopper. Okay. And there was a little show, a little dress shop in Baton Rouge um, called Poison Ivy. And it closed down during COVID. And they actually shopped for me. Yeah. Buddy, so, yeah. we need that. Where, where are those stores here? That's <laughs> well, what I need. I don't know, but they were pretty uh, wonderful people. And I know, oh. I know all of the, all of the Bengal bells and all mm. of the people that are, that dress purple and gold and tiger print, they shop there. And we're, there's a real void in Baton Rouge right now. So Dee, before we move on again, it's not, it's See, more I, like, so it, I, right off the gate, know, buddy. I'm right. sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Did Poison Ivy have sparkly? I know you they like did. Sparkly. They, they didn't have, yes, they did. Okay. They had sparkle on there. A lot of rhinestones, oh. you know, gymnastics is really rhinestones and Swarovski crystals and all those things on our leotards and warm up suits. And so oh, buddy. I had to wait. I, I always wore something that was a, a, a same color or the same sparkle design or something that my team wore. So if, if I knew they were winners wear white, so I, if I knew we were in a white leotard, I would wear something that had a lot of white in it. If it was a tiger print something, I wore something that had tiger print in it. So I always 
dressed appropriately. Hey, buddy, why don't you tell Didi about your uh, leotard okay. at Montevallo? Okay, could, could we not have, I don't <laughs> believe that that needs gold, to be on the show. That, that would be that, gold. I don't Actually. think she needs to know about this girl being in a leotard. We already know. <laughs> okay, really. It, if she didn't, if she'd seen me at the University of Montevallo doing my, on the balance being my little dips, and then my, uh, uh, it, there was really the routine. I ruined the gymnastics at that school. I think, <laughs> this, but anyway, I fun. still love, I watched you. I absolutely am amazed by gymnastics, but clearly it is not my strength. Well, let me tell uh, you, collegiate gymnastics, if it were not for University of Alabama, University of Georgia, University of Florida, and LSU, the Friday Night Heights thing would not be what it is. They, We have really risen, and now um, Auburn is selling out. Uh, Kentucky has a great program, doing fabulous. Missouri has a great program. So it, it's um, it's it's been a journey, but I'm telling you what, that Friday Night Heights on ESPN has really lit it up. Yeah. I, I get a phone. I get Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin from the Steelers. He and I are like on speed dial with each other because he's such a fan. Oh wow! wow. Yeah. Well, maybe Listen, you can get him think, on our show yeah, if he'd like to be on Radio Gold. I mean, we we have <laughs> we some always. Openings. It's a very tight schedule, but we do. We could probably squeeze we're him tight, in. Tight. Yes. Very tight. Yeah, very tight. We could do it. He's you a know, great this, guy. I I would love it. This is this is amazing. <laughs> but I love to me. I just love sports. I love anything about that women's sports, but to watch gymnastics now and watch the rise to me, the of other universities coming on and so many wonderful things. I, I don't quite understand scoring. I'm not going to try to pretend that I do. So I would have probably been on the sideline like Kim was asking you about all the things, but I think you would have probably whacked me because I would be asking way too much. So way Never too much. much. Never too but much. But I am going to say I'm amazed by what women can do. I mean, truly. I can just, I barely just roll. And, and to imagine that you're rolling on that four inch. Eight well, inch. the gymnastics uh, coaches have worked very hard at streamlining our events so that it fits in a TV box. Right. And, you know, shortening the warm up time, shortening the, the, the time that you take between events. It's two minutes to get to your next event, four minutes to warm up, and we start, which puts it in a box for TV, and they love it. Well, it's been great. I've enjoyed, I've Thank enjoyed you. it. Uh, but I enjoyed watching you teach Kim. So that was, actually, that was, that was, a, they a need a show, sideline. right? Buddy? That was a, they do. That was a great one. Okay. We're supposed to be back on rapid fire and clearly first question out of the gate. We've already gone. We've stumbled. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try to get us back on this rapid fire. What is the best advice you've ever received? Uh, remove the clutter, mm. remove the clutter. Got it. Okay. Didi, this is one of our favorites, favorite meal to eat or cook. Do you cook? Are you, you're, you like to cook? I, I love to cook. Okay. I love to cook. Oh, buddy, this is good. This yeah. Is really good. Yeah. Um, okay. Tell us more. I, I love to cook uh, smothered pork chops. Oh, we love with smothered things. Oh, turnips. We love smothered things. With turnips. Oh, my God, buddy. Turnips. And brown gravy. Yep. Oh, my God, gravy. Yep. Okay. Can you get some biscuits. We're, is there any yes. bread? With no biscuits no there. Biscuits. I'll bring biscuits. Okay. Fat okay. rouge. Buddy. We're going to, yeah, the, yeah, the uh, meatball I, and then the smothered. Yeah, smothered. Turnips. Woo! Uh, turnips know, and i know you've probably not listened to all 70 of our shows but <laughs> typically um when we when we discuss uh the food a lot of times people invite us over so just fyi if you're cooking she's gonna come to baton rouge she or, would she would or she's gonna, would ask, she, yes. we're gonna put her on a tv screen and she's gonna eat no, intrinsically no, with us buddy, you'll, no, you'll come for no, smother Yes. All right. Well, just let me know when you're coming. Okay. I smother, and I tell you what, we'll have a cook-off. We'll let Kathy bring oh. her meatballs oh. <laughs> to the pork chops. 
we, oh my God. I Best am so ever. sorry. But this, show this, ever. Is, this show, if we felt, if we actually went to all the places <laughs> we were, we've been asked, or I'm sorry, that we begged to come that we've invited uh, to their place, that we invited ourselves. Yeah, right. Uh, we would we would probably what we have about 60, 60 places to visit now. Something Buddy, it's it's pretty we'd, bad. We'd be even heavier. Right. Yes. Oh yeah. oh yes. We really need that. Okay. Yeah, right. We're gonna get back Carrying on track on. here. I I am so sorry. We're gonna go right back to our rapid fire. Beach or mountains? Wait. Say that again. Beach or mountains? Oh, beach. Oh. Woo! Okay. okay. Without a doubt. Which one? You got a favorite? I, I love See, uh, Isla Mojarras. I love oh. Isla Mojarras, but um, I am okay with Dolphin Island and Orange Beach. Boom. Woo! Come on. Buddy, okay. we have a conference. She could attend in Orange Beach in April. Yes. Kathy's, yes. Kathy's riding with me. If you want to come, we'll put you in the car. Can we play golf? Of course. Okay. Absolutely. Can I bring Palmineri with me? Because he loves golf. Sure. Too okay. Absolutely. All right. I'll get the air conditioning in my back seat fixed by that. <laughs> okay. Uh, favorite musician or band? Jimmy Buffett. Oh, nice. Nothing yes. better to listen to Jimmy Buffett at Orange Beach, maybe at the wharf or yeah, yeah, okay, all right, I'm liking it. You Cobalt. She, she... <laughs> <laughs> best book you've read lately? Oh, the best book I've read lately, and that I was talking to Kathy about books. Um, you know, I I read everything John Grisham, and mm. I read it on a Kindle, and I can't ever remember the name of the book. So okay, any of his. I, 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 yeah, I love John Grisham. Okay. All right. Uh, so Didi, describe for us a perfect weekend for you. Oh, geez. A you, perfect retirement weekend. A perfect retirement weekend? Or if, uh, uh, I'm not coaching, right? Okay. It's your weekend. You okay. Um, I, I, I get in my truck. I have a truck and I drive to Grand Isle with friends or my grandkids or my sisters or my daughters, whoever wants to come, are they going to meet us there? Well, I can only take like four in the truck because I have to bring ice chests and stuff, put it in the back. We go to Grand Isle. We go to the hurricane hole on Friday night when we get there. Then Saturday, I've got the boat all hooked up, ready to go. We get in the boat. We we go fish. We we hit the trout on off of Elmer's Island. We hit some trout. We go hit some redfish down, um, some of the canals off of Southwest Canal. Then we go on back at the camp, have a little adult beverage, light up the grill, mm. you know, Buddy, this sounds do like that. A yeah. Then, uh, you know, a little Jimmy Buffett music, but during football season, we listen or watch a football game. If it's baseball, we watch a baseball game, whatever's going on. Then we get up Sunday morning, do it again, clean the fish, get back to the dock, clean the fish and head home. Uh, it's a perfect weekend. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. That's, oh, okay. We're going to make that longer trip so that we get, get that. Perfect well, you got to give me a while because I lost my, <laughs> lost my camp in Ida. Uh, I lost my kidding. kayak. Actually a great weekend is when I'm totally down there by myself and I can spend the whole weekend fishing in my kayak. Oh, buddy. Love it. You'd love that. I do. Okay. If you, I can't believe I'm even asking this question because this is almost an insult because you were made for what you do and to being the greatest coach. But if you had to choose another profession entirely, what would it have been? I, I think I would have gone with, with my first inclination to go to PT school and um, be a physical therapist. And I would have probably specialized in, in athletic injuries and some, you know, along those lines. But yeah, I, I think I probably would have not coached and gone into physical therapy school. 
Well, I'm really glad you didn't do that first inclination because I think we're better with what you what you chose for sure. Thank so you. Thank you for that. Thank you. All right, Didi. So we are at the uh, point in our show where we have a fun little game that we like to play with our guests, and it is two truths and a lie. I know the title could be a little confusing, so let me explain. You're going to tell us three statements about you. Two of those will be true. One will be a lie. And buddy, we're going to have to work together. Teamwork, not competition, cooperation. Uh, and we're going to try to figure out what Didi's lie is. So, okay. um, you know, we're, we've learned a little bit about Didi today. So we're going we're gonna to try really hard. Didi, are you ready for two truths and a lie? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, go ahead, buddy. I got a pen. I, so I have, I'm, I'm writing it pen? down. Okay. Yes, okay. I've got it. All right. We're ready. Number one. Number one. I have uh, caught a bull red that's probably four feet long. Okay. Brought it in the kayak all by myself. In the kayak? Yep. I have, um, I swam across the Mississippi River when I was in high school. Oh boy. Okay. And I was the valedictorian of my high school class. Okay. Uh, Buddy? Uh, hey, buddy, I don't, you know, I don't fish, so I don't even know what this, uh, I, the red, the red but all I'm, is all that, I'm the, saying is that is it. pretty darn amazing that that could, four foot, you just think about your kayak. That's mm-hmm. amazing that she pulled that on. It's a 12 foot Hobie. So it's pretty hardy. That's a boat. I know, but that's still pretty good. I, I'm just saying that's, I think she did that. I that's do. a, that is a substantial I, fish I, is what I'm hearing. It is a substantial fish. Okay. Okay. Good. Four um, feet, buddy. Four on feet, a kayak. Yeah. You're pulling um, it in. That's pretty mm, darn good. That's yeah. How, okay. Swam across the Mississippi. What so, do you but think? You're thinking number one is true. I am, but okay. now look. All right. I, you know, I, I don't across play the this Mississippi. Game. Gosh. Very well. Okay. okay. Um. So, buddy, you know my geography is really poor. Yes. So, um, that's the, a long way. Is the Mississippi? Does the river go through Donaldsonville? Okay, it does. Yeah, it's halfway between New Orleans and Baton Rouge. Oh, okay. It's right at the home where the homeless house okay. across from. All right, um, buddy, that seems like a long way, a long swim, but she's okay. very fit, obviously. But she so. loves the water. Okay, That's she true. said that. She loves yeah. the water. Right. Oh, see, all three okay. of these could be true. This is hard. This okay, is a, valedictorian. I think you, she could be that. She's uh, brilliant. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, I want to yeah. run through this. TV. I've already said that. I know, she is. I know. She has it. But buddy, valedictorian, I'm, I, the only thing I wonder is if you're coming to Southeastern three or four days a week from high school to, to be in the club gymnastics team. I, I mean, I don't. Because can, she can you keep your over, grades up? Yes. Okay, she's overachiever. Overachiever. I totally get it. She's got it. Okay. I'm, and I'm with you. Oh. I really am. Okay. We're gonna have to, you're going to have to flip a coin in this. I'm getting oh, it. Oh, buddy, you always put this on me. What I do. do, do I do. Ask oh, Kathy Hill. Well, can we can we phone That's, a friend? Are we gonna phone a friend? Yes, this is a new. <laughs> okay, listen, okay. it's a new part okay, of the hold, show, buddy. All right, I like Ask it. Ask Kathy. I like Hill. it. Okay. Kath, we officially would like your opinion on what you think is the lie. Were you able to hear all three statements? Yeah. What do you think? You think number one is the lie? Okay, buddy. She's saying that the Red Bull in the okay. kayak is the lie. Okay. That's what well, Kathy look, is saying. I don't. Then I love. Okay. Kathy. How how long is this? 
Is that that's at least three and a half? Okay, four feet. all right, yeah, okay, all right, okay. We're val we're She's validating the size well. of the Red Bull. She's yes. selling that pretty darn well. Okay. I'm, I'm just y'all just go ahead and talk among yourselves. Oh, she is now. Dee Dee. Didi's just going to pull up the picture uh, of her. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, go ahead. Y'all just talk among yourselves. Go ahead, okay. choose, go ahead. Choose the wrong one, she said. That's, okay. <laughs> but I, I threw that down as my, as my yes. I, know, I haven't I heard know. you say yes. Which one do you think is true? What do I think is true? I, true. I, I thought, oh, man. You didn't say number one. Nope. I said one. You pick one of the other two. I See? think it's true that she was the valedictorian. So you do not believe she swam across the Mississippi? I, I wouldn't want to swim across the Mississippi. It sounds hard and dangerous. Well, so, if you want to see what's on the other side, you just do. Well, I guess so. I mean, if you're just a renegade athlete, you know. All right, buddy, what are we going to go with? Go with two. two? Go with it. Go with it. All right. It. So, all right. Just for the record. Oh, wait a minute. The, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I have a phone, a friend. Oh, you do? I do think she swam. You think, think she swam can. across the Yes, I do. I do. Okay. I have a phone a friend. Oh, you have a phone a yes, friend. Yes, I do. I do. What I is have happening on our show today? This is the greatest two choice of life ever. Oh, my gosh. Okay. okay. So you're going to so, have to pick. So listen, we have our first phone a friend says that the, the Red Bull in the kayak is true. You have a phone a friend that says she swam across the Mississippi River. Yes. See, I, she loves that water. That leaves us with the valedictorian. Which, and which is what you already guessed you were thinking is, maybe maybe that she didn't was, come. You know. okay go ahead and go three because i i okay, think Didi. look we have phoned two friends we never do this by the way <laughs> we had to do this buddy the fact that we have two friends is amazing all right that is amazing i we are going to go with the valedictorian i maybe you were not the valedictorian i buddy are you I'm kidding me i told you i didn't hardly went to high school <laughs> I didn't want to insult your intelligence. Well, I know, but I didn't want y'all to get up and wallow around in the in the ditches of my ignorance. But no, but really, let me see the picture. This fish isn't in my kayak. I couldn't find my kayak picture. We have some fishing pics. Oh, hang on, I gotta find it a minute. Do you really, buddy? I love fishing. Oh my gosh, I fly fish. I love fishing. Oh, you fly fish? I do anything. I'll do anything that gets on. I'll do any kind of fishing that just a fish gets on the line. In fact, it's just putting the, the, the line in the water. Okay, well, this one isn't in my that's, kayak, but this is like. Oh, that's oh okay. I cannot Buddy, see can you, that spot. You can't. Uh, no. Maybe Didi will text it to me. I'll text it to you. Yeah, okay. this, is, this isn't in my this kayak. Is, I would have to go way back in my pictures. Because that's like, so I lost my kayak in the storm. I want it to be fish. known that we won this with a little assistance from Two, two friends. friends. Yeah. Hey, buddy, I got to know. Was Avery, uh, Avery Aaron? I love Brush, it. I like that phone, phone a friend. Yes, yes, they were. Yep. Yes, well, they were. Thank goodness. Avery thank goodness knew that. that. She probably Googled it. <laughs> it's probably in my bio online or something. I love well, it. Look, we need help. We, we do. do. Hey, can I, I'm just going to, before you close the show, this has truly been an honor for me. And, and, you know, from somebody, I love women's sports, but I love to meet legends. People well, thank that you. are incredible, that continue to, have that fire. Uh, I would have loved, I, look, I bet you could probably even taught me how to walk across it. Then it, it would have been pretty. I think you would have encouraged I don't know if I could talk you into doing it, but I could talk you into believing that you could. Oh, okay. That's I, all I, I've always said it. I believe. Yeah. You know, I, I need, I need to make a, a, a slight, you know, you, you asked me about a mantra and I said, um, remove the clutter, which is true. 
but um, last week I was inducted into the Hall of Distinction, Kathy Hall of, Dis Hall of Distinction for the our our education, kinesiology, human nice. science department at LSU. And in my speech, I got to talking about my family. And I said, every time my mother would drop me off and I would get out at the P building here, or I would get out wherever Powell Moe's, where I was doing gymnastics at home or wherever I was, she would point this crooked finger at me and she would look me squarely in the face. And remember, you get out of something, what you put into it. Oh, wow. And that probably has, has lasted. And Kathy knows my mother and I knew my mother. And she was, um, she grew up on a hillside in Tennessee, no electricity till she went to college. So she was pretty determined. And so if she said, I'm going to get out of something, what I'm going to put into it, I better go in there and get something out of it, you know? So I, I would have to make a correction on I, the, the, the clutter, remove the clutter, but you're going to get out of something, what you put into it. I love it. And again, the mothers know. Moms That's right. Know. That's what, a, right. what a gift you've been to our show today. Thank you so much. Oh, y'all have been great. This has been fun. Well, hey, buddy. Uh, great, great job today. And um, Dee, we're so honored to have you. I was close to being valedictorian. Really? Yeah, I was probably in the middle of the class. <laughs> I, 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 I said you were brilliant. You had it. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Well, that brings us to the close of another exciting episode of Scaling the Summit. We are Radio Gold, and we want to thank everybody that came to Birmingham to see us at the 2022 Health and Physical Literacy Summit. We had a great time. Buddy, you got your uh, spaghetti and meatball delivery yes, there. Yes, I did. And we will gather again in 2023, and we will be uh, soon announcing the location of the uh, National Summit. So stay tuned. And uh, Didi, what a what an honor and what a great time. And just thank you for coming to Hammond. Yeah, and let's, doing, it was, let's do it was, again. We had lunch. Where was that? That Topa. was good. Yeah, we were at Man, Topa it was good. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And you know, what a great little town with the railroad track going through them and all the little, you know, it was just the Crescent Bar, I think, when I was here and the two or three little bars, but all those restaurants down yeah. there by the on the main street, it it has really it's happening here. It's a it's a in a great campus. Fabulous. And I'd like to thank the Center for Faculty Excellence and uh, our friend Amber Narrow, who uh, helped set all of this up. And, oh, and how about the tour? How about the tour of the of the Pennington, Claude Pennington Recreation Center? And, you know, the Pennington's made a very generous donation to the Gymnastics Training Center at LSU. Uh, Sharon, who's married to Claude, was one of my gymnasts. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, a very small world. world. Yeah. And I'm, buddy, I'm trying to recruit Didi here to be the uh, director of campus recreation at Southeastern. I think she'd be great. Uh, but we're anyway, talking money now. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're into the wow. contract phase. Wow. So we're uh, okay. you know, sure it's going to progress woo. nicely. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Didi, thank you so much. My it's pleasure. It day. was fun, buddy. I will see you next time and to all of our listeners. We hope you have a great week. 